Welcome on back to Second and Short. It is Thursday, or maybe a different day. It should be Thursday, though. Everybody should be watching this live and everything, but I am Tyler Ladder, and I am joined with the Aaron Ben. How you doing today, my friend? I'm doing excellent. I am awake and refreshed and ready to go. I think that's better than Monday. I think Monday you were doing you were doing superb or, or well or I don't know something. I'm always doing well above average. Alrighty, well let's shift back on over as it is the Thursday episode. Uh and let's shift on over to the NFC. And we're gonna talk about a position that we really haven't covered much this offseason at all. Outside of like rookies, you know, and breaking them down. Uh we're gonna talk about the cornerback position. And we're gonna talk about the New York Giants and their newly signed Cornerback one, James Bradbury. Yeah, I mean, th this is a guy that you should know a lot about since you're a Panthers fan. He spent most of his career on the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, he spent his, his entire career has been with Carolina. The past four seasons, he has been the cornerback one. He literally came in, Josh Norman left. He took over Josh Norman's position and number and, you know, rode, rode with it the entire way. And pretty much everything was just, it was just money. The Giants had more money than Carolina. Well, Carolina just decided to spend that money on Teddy Bridgewater, who, if you missed the previous episode before that, we covered at the top right corner. You can click that link and see what we think about his impact to the Carolina Panthers. But let's jump into James Bradbury and his background. So as we, so as we said, he was drafted by the Carolina Panthers in round two, uh, back in the 2016 draft, out of a, a very... Very famous college called Sanford, not not Stanford, Sanford. And uh, that that year, Carolina actually took three cornerbacks to try and fill the void of Josh Norman leaving. But you know what? This is the only guy that kind of stood out. And James Bradbury became a starter off the bat, right opposite of of Ben A. Ben Wickery. Yeah, and uh, that that year that he became the starter, that he was drafted. Uh, if everybody remembers, that's the year that. Julio Jones roasted the Carolina Panthers for 300 yards, but most of those yards came after James Bradbury was injured, you know, late in the second or midway through the second quarter. Uh, he went out with an injury and Benet Benicari was just getting burned all day. And from that moment on, James Bradbury was covering the number one wide receiver on every team. Yeah, I mean, he was, after Ben Wickery was released, Bradbury was the number one cornerback, finished his rookie season with 13 starts, had two picks. He was the highest rated rookie cornerback out of that class, out of the whole league. Um, and he's been solid as a, as a starting corner. He's been covering, like, we'll talk about it a bit later, but he's a guy that can shadow number one receivers. He's also been uh, very reliable in terms of his health he's only missed one game since his rookie year and i mean his stats don't really pop out he's over four years he's only had eight interceptions um that's not a whole lot but his coverage stats place him around the number 30 spot out of all corners in terms of like uh, completion percentage allowed pass rating around stuff like that so that's kind of like he's not an elite corner but it put, places him in in the top like top 30 of corners in the league which is a decent starting cornerback yeah and uh what's really impressive about bradbury i mean like you said those statistics don't like jump off the board i mean the the most tackles he's had in this season is, is a little over 60 tackles close to 70 um he's he's he averages around that like 
50 to 50 to 70 range in tackles. So nothing's even impressive there. Interceptions, most is like three in a season. But what's really impressive is like, let's go back to like last year, Carolina Panthers versus the Houston Texans. And he held DeAndre Hopkins when he was covering him, uh, three to six, three catches out of a six targets, only for 27 yards. I mean, we're talking about the guy that can put up a highlight against anybody. And James Bradbury held him in check. I mean, James Bradbury has enough practice to be the number one cornerback anywhere he goes. He's been covering for four years Mike Evans, Michael Thomas, and Julio Jones. Like, that's, that's constant competition to go up against. And you know what? I honestly think that he deserved the contract he got. Wish Carolina could have signed him, but Giants, you guys are getting a great cornerback here. And uh, you know what? Let's talk about you know the cat space that the Giants got to use on him. Bradbury, Bradbury said in an interview that the decision kind of came down to signing in Detroit or New York. Um, in the end, he felt like New York was a better fit scheme-wise. There's some kind, there's some rumors talking about like he didn't want to play for uh, Matt Patricia after the rumors have been going around about how he is in the locker room. He kind of dispelled those rumors. Said he just felt like New York was a better fit scheme-wise. Is signed there, three years, forty-three and a half million dollars. He's scheduled to make ten million this year, and then seventeen the next year, and sixteen and a half in his final year. So his contract will be up after the twenty twenty-two season. It made sense though, because Dave Gettleman is the guy that drafted him when he was the general manager of the Carolina Panthers. And it seems like every time we talk about a free agent, there's like some connection. Yeah, they say in business, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And that kind of applies to the NFL as well. Like we talked about Teddy Bridgewater having previous connections with Joe Brady, his new offensive coordinator, and they had been together in New Orleans. So it's always kind of like, oh, yeah, he's he knows this guy from back when he played there. Dave Gittleman, like you said, was the Panthers GM when they drafted him. And course he's familiar with him and he, he liked him enough to want him to bring him this year and how wh- wh- where does that contract rank him among other cornerbacks so it puts him at like the fourth highest among quarterbacks in terms of average year per in terms of average money per year um that the only cornerbacks ahead of him are Darius Slay Byron Jones and Xavier Howard it may seem like a lot but this is kind of what happens every year the salary cap goes up the amount of money that you can spend on a certain position go- goes up. And, I mean, we see it all the time with quarterbacks. When, when uh, Kirk Cousins and started making $30 million a year, that would, people were just, like, blown out of their minds. But that's just how it works. Salary cap goes up, salaries go up, and every year it seems like we have a new player who's the highest-paid player at his position in NFL history. But that's just kind of how it be. Well, I mean, and actually, when you look at that, I mean, Slay signed an extension when he when he got traded, and uh, to Philly and Byron Jones and Zayvon Howard just signed their contracts as well. So it's not just Bradbury; it's all four of these guys. I mean, Slay was kind of already there with Detroit, but Jones, Howard, and Bradbury together all kind of just got boosted all at once. So it kind of, it makes sense. Like, there's nothing real like mind blowing about this contract. All right, let's talk about how he's going to fit in with this defense. I mean, he said himself that it's a better defensive fit. And let's tell everybody why we also agree that it's a good defensive fit. So the Giants, as we know, there's a whole story with DeAndre Baker and his arrest this past offseason. 
it remains to be seen what will come of that. The Giants are in need of some veteran leadership in the secondary. Bradbury, he's only 26, but he has almost full full se four full seasons as a starter. So he's he's like a younger younger body, still fresh body, but he's got like a veteran mindset, veteran abilities. He's very strong. Uh, he's a physical corner. He's a f he's very good in press coverage. Um, like his best stats come when he can be very physical with the receiver off the line of scrimmage. And what we touched on before is that he, although he's played most of his career on the left side, he he has the ability to shadow the number one receiver, and he's done that a lot. Like if you look at his the percentage of his snaps. The majority are on the left, but he's also got a high number of snaps played on the right side and in the slot. So he can play all three positions. He's very good at shadowing wide receivers. I mean, who's, who's he shadowed? Like Mike Evans, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas. All of those were just last year, and he only allowed one touchdown to, the, to those receivers. No, he only allowed one touchdown all year last year and only allowed over 80 yards just twice. Yeah, and on top of that, I mean, his, which th that's, okay, actually, I'm not going to pass over that. That's very impressive. I mean, Michael Thomas had a career year, broke records. Julio Jones is still a, a freak, and Mike Evans can almost posterize anybody in the red zone. And the fact that he only allowed one touchdown, and he only, only two people got over 80 yards, I mean, that's a consistent shutdown cornerback. If you can prevent somebody from, if you, if you, I mean, if you go up against Amari Cooper and the Dallas Cowboys and he only gets like 60 yards that game, that's a huge success. And he's probably not going to score touchdowns because James Bradbury is good in the press. He doesn't give people a lot of room. And like Julio Jones, Mike Thomas, those guys are looked at as some of the best route runners in the NFL. And the fact that he's able to keep with them and they're not able to create separation as good as they normally do just stands out even more. Uh, his career catch rate is 58%. Like he is only allowed 58% of the passes thrown his way to be caught. And if you go back to like his early years, like his early year, I mean, those numbers were closer to 60% and that's kind of went down. Uh, he hasn't had a single year where he's been targeted less than 80 times, but he's also never allowed more than 60 catches in a season on any coverage. Yeah. And I mean, I think his lack of interceptions that kind of comes from just not being thrown to as much and i mean there's that expression that or what do they always say that whoever cornerback is for wide receivers who can't catch i mean there's got to be some times when he could have made the interception and kind of bobbled it i think it happens to almost every cornerback i've seen yeah but i mean also the guys that are getting a lot of interceptions most of the time are either guys that are playing zone coverage coming off of like they're not actually guarding a man on and they're just reading the quarterback and in a zone or they're getting targeted you know 10 15 times each game so of course they're gonna get in it's just you know it's just that's just statistics i agree it's also kind of a lot of those corners are like high risk high reward type players like marcus peters he had that year i think he had like eight interceptions but he was also getting burned and he still does he'll get burned for for a long touchdown, but then they'll have like two interceptions in the game. So Bradbury's kind of a more safer corner. He's not gonna give up those huge plays, and you've seen it. 
like we said, he's only he allowed over 80 yards in a game just twice this year, which is a crazy stat in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, and if you look at like the career of like other shutdown cornerbacks, um, like like Darrell Revis, this is a big leap because Darrell Revis was like the end all be all for the longest time, but he only had three seasons of five or more interceptions. Everything else was four, you know, most years it was one or two. The reason why is because he's able to stay on the press so well, and he's able to break up passes more than just get interceptions, which obviously you want turnovers, but I mean, that's just like what I'm looking at there. I mean, 29 career interceptions for Darrell Revis, you would think those numbers would be higher, but when you're not thrown to all the time, there's only so much you can do. Back to Bradbury. So Bradbury, if we're talking about like a short-term, long-term impact, what are you thinking about? Here's what I think. I think if DeAndre Baker, I mean, we still don't know what's going to happen with him. Once that is all settled, then we can kind of evaluate the impact more. If he's gone, the short-term impact is that the Giants get a number one cornerback. If he's still there, the Giants still get a number one cornerback, but now they also get somebody that can kind of like mentor. I know he's only 26. I get that. But, I mean, he has almost, what's that, 64 starts in his career, just just under. And so with those amount of numbers, he can he can bring Baker along. And maybe, you know what, maybe Baker is who they view as like their best cornerback, and Bradbury is going to be covering number twos. And he's going to be dominating even more because we see how well he's doing against number one cornerbacks. This backfield, defensive backfield for the Giants, is going to look so nasty. If Baker's there, they just added Bradbury. They already had uh, uh, Jabril Peppers, who they traded for last season. And then they just drafted Alabama safety Xavier McKinney, who fell to them in the second round. I mean, this, this secondary looks dangerous. It's full of playmakers. It's full of guys that are, are big, strong-bodied players that can press and can you know, step up against that line. And I, I think he's going to have a huge impact right away for this Giants team. I mean, and you got to. I agree. I think if, if Baker does stay, then Baker's got uh, he's still on his rookie deal. They've got Bradbury, who's signed for three years. They have this, like, cornerback tandem that has the potential to be very good. Uh, like one of the, I'm not saying they are top 10 in the league, top 5 in the league. I'm saying they have potential to be that good. It, given that Baker plays up to his potential and stays out of trouble, and that Bradbury continues how he's been playing. So they could be a really, like, an elite cornerback tandem going forward. And then you got two safeties who are also, like, McKinney's a rookie, so we don't know, but he's supposed to be very good. Jabril Peppers has proved himself to be a good safety. So that, that secondary, like you said, could be very scary for opposing quarterbacks. Yeah, and I think. When you look at the the NFC East, I mean, we have second year, like on fire wide receiver Terry McLaurin coming out of Washington, who I feel like Bradbury can do very well against. He can over, you can manhandle him. The Philadelphia Eagles just drafted Jalen Rigor. I mean, pending what happens with like Alshon and Deshaun Jackson, but I mean, you got to be able to cover these young guys. And then you look over at Dallas, and Dallas is stacked i mean cooper and they had Gallup, and now they just drafted cd lamb you gotta have guys that can cover playmakers and james bradbury is that guy i think he's gonna have a long-term effect where the giants this also depends on baker but 
based on Bradbury's play that we think he can do and live up to impact-wise, they're not going to have to draft a corner for the next year or two. They're going to just have to worry about getting that nickel spot, really. But they don't need to worry about an outside cornerback for the next three years, in my opinion. I think Bradbury, with if he continues his play, if he continues like being the guy we know he can be, I think he could be a leader on that defense for, like even after this contract's over, he'll only he'll still be younger than 30 years old, so he can go out and sign maybe another two three year deal. See what see if he can keep it up. See if he can continue to be that veteran leader in the in the back in the defensive backfield. So let's go ahead and as best as we can with the cornerback, let's give predictions now. We don't have to do these the same way that like other people do predictions where it's like he's going to get this many tackles and this many. I mean, you can do that, but we can, let's also give a, an outside the box kind of prediction. So what do you got for us? First of all, on the simple one interceptions, three interceptions on the season over under. Uh, I think he'll get around that maybe like one or two more. I would say between three and five interceptions would be what I would guess for him. Uh, maybe more if uh, if DeAndre Baker does play this year, th- and then he can provide some support on the other side. That'll make Bradbury's job a bit easier. So, but yeah, I'd say between three and five. What about tackles? Uh, are we gonna go? Uh, that's just I don't even. It doesn't even matter about tackles. Let's go catch rate. Is catch rate going to be over or under sixty percent? I mean, I'm looking at the wide receiver core for for the NFC East, like you said, those are some pretty, I mean, the Redskins is not super intimidating besides Gary Terry, but those, that Dallas uh, receiving core, the Philadelphia receiving core, they, they look pretty intimidating. I would say, given that, given what he's shown in the past, with his ability to cover big time receivers, I would, I would say he would be below that 60% catch rate. That's that's what I think. All right. And then do you have an outside the box prediction? Like I, I agree with you on both your takes on under 60% and, and getting about four to five interceptions, which will be like an outlier year for him. Let's get something different. Like, is he going to be like captain on this defense? Is he going to start all 16 games? Like, what do you think? I think, I don't think he's going to be captain this year since he's newer to the team. And I don't know if he's been like, that kind of vocal charismatic player enough to like take over the locker room its first year there uh, like I mean I think Jabril Peppers could be captain on that defense along with someone else uh, but I could easily see him taking over that leadership position maybe next year uh, going forward taking over that defensive captain position along with Dalvin Tomlinson maybe I don't know it's hard to predict for me. I don't really have anything super like bold or, or brave to predict for him this year. I'm going to tell you right now, James Bradbury is going to make the Pro Bowl for the NFC. That's what's going to happen. That's a prediction right there. Mm. Yeah, I could see that happening. He hasn't made a Pro Bowl yet this, in his career. That's, that's where it becomes bold because obviously like a Pro Bowl, like, like, you know, everybody makes Pro Bowl. They say, you know, that's the joke about it. Like, like half the half the people that get in still get credit for it even if they back out and then all the reserves get credit for it as well but he will be he will be named to the pro bowl as one of the top four cornerbacks for the NFC I can dig it I can get behind that 
and that is going to do it for us here on second and short uh thank you guys for tuning on in here to listen to our jeans bradbury breakdown on why we think he is the biggest impact free agent for the new york giants if you missed our previous episode be sure at the end of this video to go back and watch the nice video we had on calais campbell campbell's you know chunky sacks for the baltimore ravens and if you want to see everything else we've been talking about, click this icon right here, and it'll tell you all the playlists we have for this entire new edition series. We've covered about a dozen teams, and we got a lot more to go. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date on everything we got going on. Punch that like button. Let us know that we're doing all right. But if we're not doing all right, leave a comment down below and tell us what year we're doing wrong. And check us out on social media. We're on Facebook. Uh, every episode's posted there immediately. Same with Instagram. Uh, we're also posting things like uh, updates, discussion points, things like that on Instagram. So come in and check us out there as well. Thank you guys for coming on in and have a good night.